Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast is a part of the Podmania Podcasting Network. Check out podmania.co.uk to check out more of our great podcasts, features, reviews, match ratings and previews spanning the crazy and diverse world of professional wrestling. source of all things world wondering stardom right here on the pod mania podcasting network i'm your host rob goodwin i'm joined as ever by mr matt turner matt turner how are you my friend mr rob goodwin i am fantastic i am running on about four hours of sleep and a whole lot of adrenaline as i had one of the busiest yet best weekends of my life so i'm uh, i'm jacked ready to go i'm ready to talk about some stardom my man how was your weekend I mean, nowhere near as busy as yours. Um, my weekend pretty much resulted in just exam marking because uh, we're just coming into uh, sort of our GCSE year. Uh, so the GCSE time year, sorry, which for our American friends is sort of the the exam before you go on into uh, into college. So uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of exam marking, a lot of exam prep, and uh, stuff like that. So yeah, nowhere near as fun as your weekend. Would you like to uh, regale our listeners with a little bit of what your weekend entailed? So it starts out Friday, five a.m. Up, gym, home, shower, eat, go off to work, finish work, come home, half hour nap on the road for wrestling. Uh, me and Andy wrestled a team we've never really even met before. I think they're called the Bon Bonnet Club. I forget, but they were two guys from Puerto Rico. They were fantastic. Absolutely tore it up. Crowd loved it. The promoter loved it. They loved it. So all good there. Come home, maybe like, I don't know, midnight. So Saturday, Saturday morning, get up, go to the gym, come home, have a lot of homework to do for the podcast. Watch a whole lot of, which we'll be talking <laughs> about, a whole lot of stardom. So I was trying to fit that in. And then uh, our drive back to um, where I grew up, uh, right outside school. Granton, the home of Dunder Mifflin. Yes. For, excuse, <laughs> excuse me one second. For um, one of my best friend's wedding. So that was really, really fun. That was really nice. And I saw a whole bunch of people that I haven't seen in a long, long time that were at the wedding. And not only did I see them, but I saw their parents. Because we were all, you know, we all grew up as kids in the same area. We got really close with a lot of the parents. And even like it was almost like the wedding was almost like a double date with me and my wife and like it and my parents as well. Because, you know, we... We were sitting next to each other and, uh, you know, kind of just hanging out and drinking and having a really good time. It's actually one quick funny story. 
my one friend that I haven't seen in about 20 years, he moved two states down. He became a state trooper. He moved to Delaware. So his wife, they have you know married three kids, so they don't get that, get out that much. So the wife had, uh, she had, a, she was having a good time. Let's just say, Rob, she was enjoying some adult beverages, and she was sitting <laughs> next to my wife, and she never met her before, and they're talking, they're having a good time. About an hour into cocktail hour, Amber goes and leaves, and she goes to the bathroom, <laughs> and the girl named Jessica, she comes over to me, she goes, "Oh my God, Amber's so sweet. Because you really have a keeper there." you might want to think about putting a ring on that finger. And I didn't have to say anything. And then my buddy goes, yeah, Jess, did you see the two rings that are on her finger? He goes, oh, when did that happen? I said, I'll be married 10 years next month. He's like, oh, I had no idea. I was like, you go, you go enjoy yourself. So that was, uh, that was a whole lot of fun. And then uh, Sunday, was, uh, Sunday was the big metal fest. It was, uh, we went to... Uh, we went, we drove to Allentown, maybe about a half an hour from where I live, and we saw In Order, In Flames, one of my favorite bands, and they're so tough to see because they're from Sweden. So it's so tough for them, to, especially the last two years to come over the border. So it was In Flames, Trivium, Lamb of God, and uh, Megadeth was the big headliner. Nice. That was one of one of the best concerts I've ever been to that didn't have Ozzy or Slayer, and uh, it was one of the most violent and brutal pits. All four bands, especially Lamb of God. So needless to say, I'm knocking on the door. I'm just a couple of days away from 40 years old. I don't feel it mentally and physically. So I was in the pit. I was crowd surfing. I was having a good old fashioned time. So by the time I came home and got to bed, it was about 1230 um, in the morning. And me being absolutely insane figured, you know what? I'm going to try to go to the gym. So I got my my ass up at 430 in the morning to go to the gym. And let's just let's not let's not fool the listeners, Rob. I got to the gym. I didn't do much there. I'll be honest <laughs> with you. So, uh, so yeah, that was uh, that. As we were recording this on Monday, so it was literally nonstop from just about nonstop from Friday the time I woke up to right about now when we're recording the podcast. But uh, this is a good. So once we're done with this podcast, I'm going home and I am sleeping. And I will tell my wife and my daughter, do not wake me up unless the house is on fire. So uh, this will be a, a good way to, to end what was an absolutely crazy but fantastic three and a half days for me. Yeah, and speaking of crazy three and a half days, I mean, the amount of news that we've had out of stardom in the last couple of weeks is absolutely insane. I mean, we might as well kick straight into it, Matt, though I do want to talk to you about Trivium, but we'll leave that till later. Um, we have... The five-star Grand Prix 2022 participants. Um, They were announced yesterday. Um, It's the largest field in stardom history, with there being 26 in all. We had 21 announced yesterday, and they are as follows. Um, Mayu Iwatani, Kaguma, Hazuki... Hanan making her tournament debut. Azumi, Yutami, uh, Sayakamatani... Saki Kashima, Starlight Kid, Momo Watanabe, Julia Micah, Himika Natsupoi Tekla, also making her tournament debut, um, Tam Nakano, Mina Shirakawa, Yunagi Sayaka, Suri, obviously last year's winner, Mirai making her tournament debut, and then from prominence, both Risa Sara and Suzu Suzuki, again, both making tournament debuts. Now, obviously, that is 21. Um, there is going to be one special participant named at a later date. Um, and then we're going to have a mini Grand Prix, because apparently the largest field in uh, five-star Grand Prix history 
is not enough round-robin matches. So we've got a tournament that's going to start on June 5th at Corrigan Hall and end on June 28th to crown the three final participants um, for the five-star Grand Prix. And they are Saya Ida, Momokogo, Amisuri, Ruaka, Mei Sakurai, Rina, Wakasukiyama, Lady C, Hina, and Miyu Amasaki. I mean... We joked, Matt, we've joked for a couple of podcasts now about the 333 field tournament. Um, but Jesus, we weren't far off, apparently. We were pretty close, buddy. We were pretty close. Yeah, I saw with me being as busy as I was, I tried to stay on Twitter and uh, Facebook and Instagram as much as possible to try to keep up on the news. But I did know, I didn't know what the participants were. And I did know that there is a, a mini tournament where they're going to have, oh, it's three winners of the correct three winners from the names that you just announced. Correct. Yes. Real, I mean, obviously, we'll preview more in deep, deep uh, detail. Who do you think is going to be the three winners out of the mini tournament? Well, Velkage on our Discord has actually said a 26 people five star Grand Prix is a weird number. Who out of the qualifying block would you most like to see in the tournament? And it's if you're asking me who I'd like to see in the tournament, Sayurida has to go in. Yeah, Sayurida has to win. Yeah. Um, I would like Amisuri. Um, and between Momokogo and Miyu Amasaki, I'd like one of those two to go through. Um, if you're asking me who I think is going to go through, um, Sai Reader, I still think, is going to go in. I, to be honest, I think it's a little bit criminal that she's not in already. Um, I think we're going to see Mei Sakurai. I think Mei Sakurai is going to go into the tournament, especially as she seems to be gaining some sort of a mini push at the moment as well. Um, and then I think it'll be between Ruaka and Amasuri, I would have thought. But what about you? Who would you like to see? Who do you think is going to be? I think definitely um, Saida. And I know a lot of people were complaining, like, how come she's not in the tournament? I think this is just to give this mini tournament a little bit more star power. Um, you have to have somebody in there that is kind of going to carry the load. And I think like, she'll just, she'll might just like destroy the whole field, like to absolutely just dominate the whole field. So I think she is. I think uh, my number two pick, and I know we joke about it a lot, but I honestly think it's going to be Lady C. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that she's booked on that Kenta Kabashi show. And that's a big, big deal. That's a big, big deal. So there's going to be a lot of eyes on her, and I think Star needs to capitalize on that. So I think Lady C. And then that third one, I see. I can I can see May Sakurai getting in there just because of the, the mini, push, mini push that you alluded to. But I would like to see uh, Amy, sorry. Um, I think it's too early for for Momo Kogo. I think it's too early for uh, Miyu Amasaki. So um, that would be my three would be would be Amy, uh, Lady C, and Saida. I mean, you say it's too early, and it is a grueling schedule. Obviously, you know you look at the field, but you know what a way to get reps in under your belt. You know by having singles matches against people of a high high quality. Um, Obviously, we need to talk about the fact that, in addition, one special participant will be named at a later date. Um, there's a lot of uh, speculation it's going to be Kyrie, um, which would be fantastic. Of course, there's still people like Konami. Maybe if she did catch the bug after her uh, brief foray into God's Eye. Of course, Natsukatora is still out with injury, and she was supposed to be part of last year's. And who knows? It might even be Fukik and Death. Um, Matt? Who would you like to see be that special participant, and why is it Kyrie? Yeah, I mean it's that's 
That's boy, oh boy. That's, that's always. Yeah, I mean, one hundred percent. Well, outside of Io Shirai coming back, you know, for the tournament, uh, I think it's got to be Kyrie. But I know when she first came back, we thought, okay, she's going to be in the five star, and then she had the two really good matches at World Climax. We talked on this podcast. We said she's definitely going to be in the five star. But the fact that everything was kind of quiet for the last four or five weeks with her, I was thinking, well, maybe she's not going to be in the five star. But they obviously, you know, we'll talk about it more in the news. That she's uh, kind of a hot topic now in Stardom as they announced her next match. So I think they're just going to take that momentum. And I think if it's anybody but her, I think it's going to be a real, real, real letdown. Like, no no disrespect to Konami. If it is her, obviously I'm a big fan of, of Konami. I would like to see her in the five-star. But if I can have my pick of any one person, it's got to be Kyrie. Yeah, and she they did sort of allude to the fact when they did the press conference announcing a return that she'll be doing something akin to a full-time schedule. So, and at the moment she is being used as, you know, rightly so more like a special attraction. So it will be a good way of sort of reacclimatizing it to a stardom schedule or something like a stardom schedule. Um, I know that it's far too early, Matt. And obviously we've only got three quarters, you know, four fifths of the field, but if I had to, Hold a gun to your head now. Who do you have winning the tournament this year? Still going to go with my pick. Uh, that's been my pick since the beginning of the year. I think it's Julia. I think they're basically, you know, they broke her down to build her back up. She had that fantastic match with Sherry at World Climax. I think one of, if not Julia's best match ever. I think that they're kind of just, you know, slow burning her with this prominence view. That'll probably be over with sometime in the summer. I think they'll slowly start to build her back up, and I see her winning the five-star. I mean, I thought it'd be Julia last year. Um, I'll be perfectly honest. She was my solid, solid pick, and obviously she got injured. Whether the Suri thing was always going to happen or whether they just sort of captured lightning in a bottle with um, the feud with Utami or whether it was originally Julia and they had to call an audible because of her injury, I don't know. Um, But I do see... Julie winning this year. There's, there isn't many that you look at it and go, yeah, it's definitely going to be her. You know, she's she's in the forerunning. I mean, you look at maybe, I mean, Suri's going to be in the running, obviously, but I don't think she's going to win it. Utami, the same Sayakamatani. Um, I'd love to see Azumi well. do well, but I, I've learned many, many moons ago. <laughs> never, ever, ever trust uh, Azumi in tournaments. Uh, Starlight Kid, Momo Watanabe. Um, I imagine Starlight Kid is going to win a block. And that raises another good point. I saw it banded about on Twitter, and I can't remember who it was by. Um, how are they going to do it? Are they going to do two blocks? Are they going to do something different? Are they going to do maybe three blocks or four blocks and do semifinals? Are we going to have two people go through from each block because of the extended field? Obviously, we don't know the structure yet, but the idea of having semifinals, I quite like that, Matt. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. That's a good idea. And you you know, you just threw out a whole bunch of names. Don't forget about, you know, your lord and savior, too, one Mayu Iwatani. I mean, let's not forget about her as well. I mean, you never know if, if they want to run the table back to her. She's always the safe bet on any tournament. But the fact that me and you right now, as we're recording this podcast, we both have Julia Pegged as the winner. And going back on our past track record with the Cinderella tournament. So if you, so if you listeners are listening, I guess yeah, here's an early or late Christmas present for you. Bet the house on what we just said, because obviously we are we're a surefire banger when it comes to these predictions, especially on the tournaments. Yeah, if uh, basically if you 
if you are a betting person. Just do the opposite of what we say. Um, and we'll see. Maybe we'll do some sort of competition. Um, yes. I think the Cinderella competition went down really well. Um, obviously, the actual tournament broke down in a, in a way that I don't think anyone saw happening. So uh, hopefully the, uh, the five-star will be a little bit different. We'll let you know when we've come up with some sort of structure for that. Obviously, a lot of it depends on blocks and things like that. Let's move on from the five-star news then um, to something that came out a couple of days ago. And it was report it was translated by uh, the wonderful Karen Pearson. Um, and Kagetsu, the former Kagetsu, launched a new YouTube channel um, complete with a new name, Yu Ishino, uh, and new pronouns. Uh, they are now identifying as he or him and a completely new lease on life. And um, he does mention that he's uh, undergone transition surgery. And if you've seen the photos now has a little tiny chin beard, which is fantastic. And you know what? Apparently the re- the reassignment surgery took place last summer. Uh, he underwent the surgery and now living as a man. Um, he hopes moving forward that he will still have your support as he tries new things. And there's not a lot to say about this apart from I wish him every happiness, every success in the future. And I'm just, I'm really, really genuinely made up for him, Matt. Yeah, absolutely. Congratulations. You know, obviously big congratulations to him. It takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of courage, you know, especially this day and age. We seem to be so judgmental. And, uh, you know, obviously I have a teenage daughter that I talk a lot about on this podcast and, and whatnot. And, you know, I always hear her when I ask her how her day at school was. And there's people at that age, 15, 16, 17, 18 years old, that they don't know. They're, it's, it can, life can be very, very confusing. So when you realize what you want to do in life or who you want to be, and then when you come out and it's kind of against the norm, I think that's uh, that's really that's really fantastic. I mean, you know, God God bless the the former Kagetsu. God bless him. I think that that's great. And at the end of the day, as long as that person is happy with who they are, you can't ask for anything better. So, uh, con- big congratulations! Big congratulations! Absolutely. And Karen Peterson again, absolutely tremendous job translating this in such such a caring and considered way. Um, just sort of tied it off by. Um, by the quote from uh, you that says, I know how beloved the name Kagetsu is, but with this video, I would like to put that name to rest. So please use you, Ishino, moving forward. Um, absolutely fantastic news. And I just wanted to bring it to light on the podcast because, again, I am so massively happy for him. I'm so, I'm so glad you did, buddy. So glad you did. Yes, the biggest congratulations. Um, so we then move on to something that Matt has already mentioned, uh, the Kenta Kabashi show, Fortune Dream 7, um, which will see Himika take on the Great Car C as part of the show on June 15th. Now, apparently this was booked according to the stardom unofficial English Twitter feed um, that it was booked because Lady C is such yes. a giant yeah, bobber slash great Carly Mark. And there, no, there it is. <laughs> the, 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 the is over, folks. When Kenta Kabashi books you on your show because that person reminds you of giant Baba, like I've been saying all along, not the great Carly. Folks, <laughs> we can have fun. Me and Rob have these debates back and forth, but I'm sorry. When I have Kenta Kabashi 
you can make an argument the greatest in-ring performer or one of the greatest in-ring performers of all time agrees with me. I'm sorry, buddy. I love you to pieces. I'll plug your book a thousand times, but that's it. I can't. Burning Lariat, Burning Hammer, Moonsault, game over, sir. That one's fine. I finally won one. I finally won one. One in a row. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Lady C is a giant Baba Mark. Himika is the same for Kenta Kabashi, which is going to be excellent. I can't wait to see that match. Um, also, apparently, Himika got her name from Jumbo Shiruta as well. Um, and apparently, they've decided to have a Joshi all Japan match, which is going to be absolutely incredible. Um, I can't wait to review that, Matt. I think it's going to be great. Um, now, Monthly Puresu, um, who released the eighth edition of their fantastic magazine just a couple of weeks ago, um, they actually put out a tweet. And it was something I didn't actually realize, Matt, and something we didn't talk about on the back of um, Fukuoka Double Crazy becoming two-time tag champs. Um, many have won the Goddess of Stardom tag titles multiple times before with different partners, but no team has ever won it with the same partner before until Hazuki and Kogama walked into their home city of Fukuoka and won back the belts from Black Desire. I had absolutely no idea. Did not even twig to me that they were the only team to ever do it with the same partner, Matt. Oh, so they're the only team to win it twice. Well, how about that? So if you were, I'm shocking that you didn't know it of all people, because if you go to pages 14 and 15 <laughs> of Living the Dream start and set anniversary in review, you will get the, uh, up until, you know, 20 or uh, the end of 2021, you will get the entire goddess of stardom championship history, as well as every other uh, belt that stardom has, uh, has plugged. And in case you're wondering what the name of that book was again, it is, <clears throat> excuse me, it's Living the Dream Stardom's 10th anniversary <laughs> in review by my good friend, Mr. Rob Goodman. Oh, well, thank you so much, good sir. <laughs> uh, we've had three shows to review this week. Obviously, Stardom continued with the end of their Golden Week fight tour, seeing them go to Osaka and Nagoya. And then we had the second version of New Blood, the New Blood 2 show on Friday the 13th of May. That's still up on the Stardom uh, YouTube channel if you want to go and watch that for free. Um, it was from Tokyo New Beer Hall in front of 338 people um what we're going to do is we're going to fire through the results of the golden week fight tour night five and night six and then sort of cherry pick some of the moments from some of the matches to talk about and then we'll go into a little bit more detail in regard to new blood so we'll start with the stardom golden week fight tour 2022 night five which took place on saturday the 7th of may 2022 from eddie and arena osaka number two uh, in front of 544 people so the results are as follows uh, match one was a singles match saya kamatani defeating rena with the star crusher in eight minutes and five seconds uh, match two a tag team match the Donna Del Mondo team of Natsupoi and Tekla defeating the Stars team of Saya Ida and Hanan with Natsupoi rolling up uh, Saya Ida with the rolling La Magistral. Uh, 
Um, match three was an eight-woman tag team match. The Queen's Quest team of Yutami Hayashista, Azumi, Lady C, and Hina defeating the Cosmic Angels team of Tam Nakano, Mina Shirakawa, Yunagi Sayaka, and the still winless Waka Tsukiyama. Uh, Waka taking the pin from Hina with the power body buster in 15 minutes and eight seconds. Uh, match four, another eight-woman tag team match. The God's Eye team of Siori, Mirai, Amisuri, and Konami making her last appearance, defeating the Oeritai team of Starlight Kid, Momo Watanabe, Ruaka, and Saki Kashima with the Suzaku in 14 minutes and 12 seconds. And then our main event of night five was an eight-woman tag team match. The Donna Del Mondo team of Julia, Maika, Himika, and Mei Sakurai defeating the Stars team of Mayu Iwatani, Koguma, Hazuki, and Momo Kogo with uh, Mei Sakurai getting the pinfall over Koguma with the Sakurai clutch in 19 minutes and 31 seconds. Um, quite a lot to talk about, actually, on this show, Matt. Where would you like to start? Well, I mean, I don't want to be <laughs> go through everything, but I kind of just want to just cherry pick certain points on each match because I think there was something really solid in each one. First of all, Sayakamatani and Rina, I thought was excellent, especially for an Oprah. Kind of weird to have on you know one of these road tool shows your secondary champion, the the white belt champion, you know, basically in the singles match. But we you know we talked, I think it was probably even last show how Sayakamatani is one of the MVPs of this year, not only in stardom but just in all of wrestling. But what she showed here is where she can take somebody that's underneath a younger talent like Rena and give her enough. So it's like this is the first real match, real singles match I saw that Sayakamatani was able to lead somebody that was like that was, you know, for lack of a better term, a step or two below uh, below her. And that's no disrespect to Rena. I think Rena's fantastic, especially at her age. But I think Sayakamatani is just uh, evolved to such a great main eventer. So I thought that was that was a that's a real big plus when you can take somebody as young as Rena is, and Saya was basically you know, not carrying the match, but leading the match. And she gave her enough, gave her enough to, to where she looked really, really good. That's just another feather in the cap of Saya Kamatani in this year, in 2022, that not only can she have these, you know, outmatch the year candidates against, like, the bigger competitors, like a Micah, like she had with Tam, Utami, et cetera, but now she can take the, uh, the you know, the middle of the card talent and have bangers with them as well. So I think that's just a, another plus for, uh, for Saya. Yeah, absolutely. I said before, I said during the main event of um, the Fukuoka Goddess Festival that Saikamatani is having such a worker of the year, um, well, year, that um, it, at the moment everything she touches turns to gold. She's having banger after banger with everyone she gets into the ring to. And Rina and Hina are both improving at a great rate of knots. I think I was saying, I was talking to someone about this, I think it was on uh, the Patreon. Um, about Hina, the one thing I thought she was lacking was the charisma that Rina quite clearly has. Um, and I think now that Hina's come back, and stupid as it sounds, her hair's grown, she looks like a completely different performer, and she's got that sort of charisma. Um, and Rina here, I think, did really, really well. You know, Sayakamatani obviously led the match, but Rina was really, was an excellent foil. Let's put it that way. Her bratty sort of um, demeanor that she's got at the moment as part of Younger Wadatai, I think, really came through in this. And overall, it was actually a really, really good opener. And they gave it a good chunk of time in eight minutes and five seconds. Um, I want to talk about match two. Um, yeah, Nat, go ahead, sir. Natsupoy and Tekla. 
I am such a huge fan of that team. I don't know what it is. I don't know whether it's just the sort of intensity of Tekla and just the fun of Natapoy or the fact that they're so they're both such fantastic competitors. Um, but whether it was who they were paired with in Sayreeder and Hannon, who would again the perfect foil for that team. Uh, the impromptu pose down between Sayreeder and Tekla, I thought that was hilarious. And then we had a little bit of story continuity in Natsupoy eating all of these chops from Sayreeder and taking them equally hilariously. I really, really, really enjoyed this match, Matt. Yeah, I mean, right from the pose down, you can kind of see that they were posing and they try not they were trying not to break a smile but you can see that Tekla was gonna last all about three or four seconds especially Saeeda in, in broken English was like no you have good muscles and then it's like no you have good muscles I thought that was funny and then I was like yeah once once they lock up Saeeda is just gonna eat, eat Tekla for lunch but I've been uh, I've been really critical of the the, the usage I guess psychology of the move of the uh, the toxic spear just because like I've said before in this podcast over and over again, kind of doesn't make sense when you see the move coming and she just does it on this match. And then the, the, uh, the next show, she completely changed it. She changed it up by not completely, but she takes a quarter step to the left and then spears forward. So not only does it look better, it looks more intense. It looks like it has more impact, but the psychology of it of a, makes sense because now it's like a misdirection. So just by her taking like that quarter step to the left and then that quarter step back to the right where she spears through her opponent, I thought was absolutely fantastic. That's like the biggest takeaway. As much as I like a good Ultimate Warrior, Ravishing Rick Root style super pose down, <laughs> as much as like that, my biggest takeaway in the match is how she was able to improve the Toxic Spear just by doing two different steps. So um, kudos to her on that for, for being, being able to take what is a cool looking move and, and make it look even better. Yeah, absolutely. And just going back to that um, pose down, both Tekla and Sayreeda are in phenomenal shape, but it's only when you put Tekla, who is ripped to shreds, by the way, she is stacked, but it's only when you put her next to Sayreeda, who is just, she's on a different level, isn't she, to anyone else on the roster. It's only when you put Tekla next to Sayreeda when you realize just how stacked Sayreeda actually is. Yeah, I think if you're going like muscle mass on anybody on the roster, uh, like muscle mass to body size, I think Saeed has got to be number one with the bullet. Like, I don't even know who number two would be, to be completely honest with you. I mean, she's just, and she uses it. She uses, she definitely uses that to her, to her advantage. She definitely is the uh, female version of Tomohiro Ishii. Like, that's for sure. <laughs> 100%. I gave this match three and a half stars. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, same three and a half stars, brother. Um, so we move on to match three with uh, Wakasukiyama again taking another pinfall as we embark on this road to Waka's first victory. Um, this was pretty good. I'm not going to lie. I did enjoy the fact that it's sort of become a running joke now that whoever takes on Tam Nakano has got to do their impression of Tam Nakano, Matt. Yeah, that was another thing. Like the match before had a little bit of comedy in this one. And now all of a sudden everybody from Cosmic Angels, or not, excuse me, from uh, Queen's Quest is... <laughs> is doing the uh, the tan pose. Now, obviously, this is the, the new running joke. So we all know when they get to a Cosmic Angel versus Stars match, uh, considering the history between Tam and Mayu and the <laughs> fact that Mayu is just Mayu, you know that's going to be the best version, hands down. Like, hands down, that's going to be the best version. But yeah, this was really good. Um, I'm a, I say it all the time in this podcast. I'm a big fan of, like, when they're doing these triple teams and quadruple teams with Cosmic Angels, how, like, Tam is, like, leading the charge. And a lot of this match, especially for uh, on the Cosmic Angel side, it was the Tam show. 
Um, I, I thought that she, she you know, in a match where there's seven other people, I thought she really, really stood out. It was interesting. We Obviously, we talked about who we saw as, as possible winners of this year's five-star. Neither of us mentioned Tam. I just, yeah. I mean, she's a big star in the company. She, you know, she's in the upper echelon of the company, but I just, I don't see her winning, Matt. Do you? No, I see her maybe being a foil like she was last year. Uh, maybe being a foil, maybe getting, I mean, we don't know how many matches are going to be, but maybe she, she wins 70, 75% of her matches. Maybe if they do a semifinal each round, maybe she gets to the semifinal. But I just think like she's one of those, she's one of those competitors that I don't think she needs a five-star win or doesn't need a belt right now, you know, for her. Cause she's already such a big star. I mean, I obviously wouldn't complain if Tam won the five star. Obviously, I have a deep affection for five star. We actually referred to Tam in the Turner household as uh, my forever girl. So that uh, <laughs> that's the running that's the that's the running joke in my house. So uh, obviously, I'm a huge fan of Tam Nakano. So yeah, I uh, I don't see her winning it, but I can't I can't see her getting racking up a whole bunch of points and going far in the tournament. Yeah, to be honest, it wouldn't surprise me if she comes out having beaten whoever is the red belt champion. I'm going to assume it's going to stay as Suri. Wouldn't surprise me if she beats Suri in the block, and that sort of gives us a red belt defense before we get to uh, what I assume is going to be Sumo Hall in December. There's rumors that they are going to be running that show again. Um, going back to this match, Cosmic Angels, again, just seem to be going from strength to strength, especially that core trio of Tam, Mina, and Yunagi. And obviously you said, like, Tam doesn't need a belt at the moment. And you're absolutely right because they're doing so many other things. Obviously, you had Mina and Yunagi with um, Umasaki at New Blood. And then you had all the stuff with Colors as well. Wakasuki Armor apparently booking her own funeral and challenging Suzu Suzuki to some sort of death match. So they've got lots of things going on without the titles. Um, this match, really, really good. I'm surprised Hina picked up the victory, but I do like the fact that she is getting a lot more wins here. Overall, a solid match, but Probably not one you'd seek out, Matt. Yeah, three and a quarter stars. Yeah, exactly. Um, God's Eye, again, putting on one of, if not the best match of the night, Matt. Yeah, my one major note for this match was Shuri and Kunami for the Goddess Tag League, please. Like, those were how they... they <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the dream team, I think. I think I might want that team more than Mayu and Kari at this point, you know, for what I like in wrestling. For now, I mean, just the way that they've been gelling so well during this whole entire tournament. And obviously, we don't we don't think it's going to be Konami as a surprise uh, presidential. We think it's going to be Kari. So, obviously, that leaves Konami out for that tournament. She might not be ready, but maybe come uh, come towards the fall when they do the Goddess Tournament that uh, she'll team up with, uh, with Sherry, which that'll... What a banger of a team that'll be. Just think about how stacked like that, that you know, with the two of them, Micah and Himika, um, Julia and maybe Tekla probably um, might be, or it might be Tekla and Natsupoy. That's, that's like your, your new hot team right there. You know, any one of the Queen's Quest, I'm, I'm assuming they would do Aphrodite and maybe like Miyu and, and Azumi. And then obviously uh, Starlight Kid and Momo Watanabe. Like this goddess tournament. I mean, obviously we're months away, but just the speculations, it, it's, it's going to be an absolute banger of a tag team tournament. Yeah, I mean, if you're God, I mean, we're assuming or we're hoping, sorry, that Konami comes back for that. But if you, if your God's Eye teams are Suri and Konami and Mirai and Amisori, Jesus Christ, it could be an all God's Eye final. Um, and I don't think many people would complain because those two teams will be fantastic. Um, I 
I talk about this every podcast, and I know I do, and I know I sound like a broken record, but I cannot believe that Oedetai are the same faction that I was repeatedly slagging off at the start of 2021. Like, I didn't have a good word to say about Oedetai, and I'll, I'll hold my hands up and say, do you know what? They still weren't very good, so I'm, I'm justified in that, but I cannot believe the turnaround. Like, there's just an aura around them now you know it's amazing what the addition of starlight and momo watanabe does to a faction um but overall i thought this was a fantastic match again you had the strikes of the like of suri the like of momo watanabe momo watanabe versus mirai as a singles match i would love to see sooner rather than later please um if mirai wins the y belt off uh, sayaka matani and obviously we're going to preview flashing champions next week Momo Watanabe as a challenger to Mirai would be an absolute banger. Just those two kicking seven shades out of each other. I would love to see that map. Yeah, even I had literally I had my my third note is Momo versus Mirai, please. And my second note is Konami versus Momo. Uh the Konami versus Momo exchange of what my dreams are made of. Because as as much as I like the Mirai Momo stuff, I like the Konami Momo stuff even better. Um I gave this three and a half, Matt. It was uh, three and three-fourths. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, the tag match, match two, this match, and then the main event, I'd check out just for A, the finish, and B, just the absolute carnage that happens before we even get to the opening bell. So, first off, Mayu steals someone's sign. Um, then she fights Micah due to gimmick infringement, apparently, because Micah shows Mayu that she's got a wristband as well and is going to throw it into the crowd. So Mayu fights her for it. Micah gets it off her again, lobs it or attempts to lob it into the crowd and somehow hits the ring announcer flush in the face. Um, Mayu then makes to throw hers at the ring announcer, which causes him to cower in fear. It's just, it's utter pandemonium before the match even starts, Matt. Yeah, it seems like a lot of these matches on this card, it was like before even the first lockup, it was like, holy geez, you know, you were, you were between the super pose downs, like, you know, the, the everybody trying to pretend that they're Tam in the next match. I, like, I think that's what it was. Like the team meeting was like, all right, let's uh, seal the show. It's golden week. Let's do something different. Yeah, everybody do something wacky in the beginning <laughs> like before you lock up just to do something different. <laughs> Um, but obviously, this is going to be known for May Sakurai getting that pinfall victory over Kagome. And obviously, this would lead to the May Sakurai and Julia challenge for the Goddess of Stardom belts um, against FWC. That's going to take place at Flashing Champions. Um, but more than that, the reaction of Micah, Himika, and especially Julia to May Sakurai getting this pin. You've got Micah and Himika literally launching themselves across the ring at May to celebrate with her. And then Julia just in tears, actual tears with the emotion and how happy she is for May Sakurai. She may not be everyone's cup of tea. And she's she's not mine. I, I have no issue saying that. And I'm, <laughs> probably everything I say on the podcast probably makes everyone realize that. But I was so happy for her. And I... The reaction of the Donna Del Mo- the rest of Donna Del Mondo was excellent. Really, really put over this victory, Matt. Yeah, I mean they're doing a good job building her up towards the obviously for this tag title shot. They did it when we reviewed the pay per view last week when it came down to her and Mariah. It's like wow, out of all the people in Donna Del Mondo, you're giving her the push. 
And uh, it seemed to work out pretty well. It's like, hey, sometimes you have to give the ball to somebody and say, hey, you know, see what you can do. This is your opportunity to shine. Make the most of it. She did it there. Uh, she did it here. And obviously, we'll talk about New Blood. I thought that uh, her and uh, I thought she had the best match on that show. Like I said, we'll get to it in a, in a little bit. But this is the, the, the right way to build somebody up for a challenger. You know, we kind of ragged on Stardom's booking a little bit when we were talked about how when uh, Shiva was being challenged for the red belt against uh, against Himika. Like, they didn't really build her up that well. It was a whole bunch of time limit draws. She really didn't have any big wins. Where it's like, they did a good, they did doing a good job building her up here. I, I, I have a feeling that she's going to be the one eating the pinfall in that tag match. But at the same time, you're putting a little bit more stock into her. And I know that she cut a promo right when she turned, when she went to Donald Mundo, that she either quit her job or sold her business or gave her share up in whatever business that she had because she wanted to focus on wrestling full time. And for, for me, that's ultimate respect. The fact that you're going to give up something you're doing, you know, guaranteed paycheck, you know, able to support yourself and your family to put everything, all your eggs in the one basket of wrestling. You can't help it, but, you know, to be supportive of that. But I'm not too far behind you, my man, where yeah, I know you're not the biggest May Sakurai fan. And yeah, neither am I. But at the same time, what I just said that she's she's making that sacrifice to put everything in for wrestling and starting to show starting to show on these these last few shows. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with her. Yeah, this push that they're doing with the Donna uh, with Donna Del Mondo, it feels a little bit more organic than it did with Cosmic Angels, where she was just suddenly in the future of Stardom uh, picture. Um, when she clearly was not ready. I feel like they've built it a lot better here. I feel like she gave a fantastic account of herself during the New Blood show, which we are going to talk about. And actually, she was she was uh, one of the remaining members of Donna Del Mondo before she was pinned in the Captain's Fall match, which we're going to talk about um, in a moment. It was Tekla that was pinned first. So I think that it's probably a given that May Sakurai qualifies out of that qualifying block for the five-star. Um, and again, if you want to push someone, if you want to build someone, put them in the five-star. Make them have repeated matches, singles matches against the best people in the tournament. You're only going to get better. You're only going to learn more. So do you know what? If that's what happens, I'm fine with that. Let's move on then to Night 6. Stardom Golden Week Fight Tour 2022 Night 6. Sunday the 8th of May 2022 in Nagoya Congress Center Event Hall in front of 731 people. The biggest attendance at the venue. The previous best was 593, uh, which the company pulled in 21st of March 2022 uh, with the show that was main evented by the SWA World Women's Championship match between Heckler and Ruaka. So again, I'll fire through the results and then we'll just sort of cherry pick bits from these uh, matches. Match one, singles match. Hina defeated Wakasukiyama with the body power buster in five minutes and 54 seconds. Uh, match two was the Captain's Fall three-way nine-woman tag team match. Cosmic Angels team of Tam Nakano, Mina Shirakawa, and Yunagi Sayaka defeating the Donna Del Mondo team of Micah, May Sakurai, and Tekla and the Queen's Quest team of Sayaka Matani, Yutami Hayashishta, and Lady C, um, after Tam eliminated Sayaka Matani over the top rope in 11 minutes and 31 seconds. 
Uh, match three, the six-woman tag team match, we had our time limit draw, which was God's Eye team of Suri Mirai and Amisori and the Donna Del Mondo team of Julia Himika and Micah. That's a great match. Spoiler, by the way. Um, match four, main uh, semi-main, ten-woman tag team match, the stars team of Hanan, Hazuki, Mayu Iwatani, Momo Kogo, and Saeeda, defeating the Ueditai team of Momo Watanabe, Rina Ruaka, Saki Kashima, and Starlight Kid with Saeeda getting the pinfall with the vertical drop brainbuster. And then for our main event, the high-speed championship match, Azumi the champion retaining the belt, defeating Kogama with the numero uno in 11 minutes and 35 seconds. Uh, where would you like to start, Matt? I would like to go with uh, match number three, please. The Donald Del Mundo team versus the God's Eye team. This is my one really big note is uh, I can watch Sherry versus Julia every single week. And we kind of talked about who, why we think Julia is going to win the five star. I think that that, I think Julia and Sherry, I think they're going to build towards them being the main event on their, uh, the big show of the year, the, the dream queendom, which uh, I, we think that's going to be, you know, they're, they're like almost version of WrestleMania, but these two just absolutely have fantastic chemistry. I mean, I know it had to be heartbreaking to break the two of them up, but I think there's more money in them wrestling each other than teaming. So I thought that was really good. And I was a big fan of the, uh, the Himika Mirai, like sprint towards the end. Like you can always hear the, the, the timekeeper counting them down and you can see Himika Mirai really, really putting their foot in the gas to try to finish each other, but only that they couldn't. So I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed that. Yeah, very much agree. There's one moment and the Suri and Julia stuff is always going to be fantastic. But I was really interested on how um, Himika was going to take on the likes of Mirai and Amisori, especially as there are so many comparisons between the three. Um, and there was one specific moment um, where Himika absolutely floors Mirai with this forearm. And it was a mixture between a forearm and an elbow. And Mirai goes down. She folds like the cheapest of cheap suits. It And it sounded brutal, Matt. I heard somebody say something to either Twitter or, or Instagram. They said that that, uh, <laughs> they, they said that Himika's, Himika's forearm is, uh, it's what they call it, the Queen's Road elbow. And considering <laughs> the fact that she's in that Queen's Road match, and I was like, that's pretty good. That's really good. I like that. The Queen's Road elbow. Yeah, that is, that's, that's, that's shades of uh, Mitsuhara Masala right there. I mean, just, just absolutely dropped it. I don't know if Mariah was doing her best Stan Hansen sell or she was a little bit just out or a little bit from column A or column B. But yeah, that was, uh, that was flush. That, that was flush. Yeah, this, this to me was, aside from the main event, of uh, of this night was my match of uh, the two nights. I gave this three and three uh, three and three quarter stars. I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed this. I I sort of had an inkling that it was probably going to be a time limit draw because you know DDM aside from Natsupoi were fielding their A team, so I was like you you can't really pin anyone there. So and I just. God's eye are yet to concede a pinfall. So I just saw this as going to a time limit draw. And honestly, I was happy with it because it was 15 minutes of people beating the ever-loving daylights out of each other, which which I am here for. Um, I want to talk very briefly about the Captain's Fall three-way nine-woman tag team match and not because it's a uh, a mouthful, Matt. Um, the, basically, the rules were a team is eliminated when either the captain is eliminated or the other two members have been eliminated. Um, pinfall, submission, and over-the-top rules 
uh, were in effect. Now, this was great fun. You know, it was a throwaway match. It was over with in 11 minutes. So, you know, it was very quick. However, there was so much confusion at the end. Yeah. Because... <laughs> that's, that's, that's why I didn't want to talk about it. But since, since, you're, since you're the brave soul to bring it up, I, I'm sitting there, I'm trying to take notes. I'm like, oh, that was cool. I thought it was really cool when Saya did like a slingshot reverse her Karana to get her and Momo over the top rope. And I'm like, that was cool. Like it didn't come off as clean as I think she wanted to, but it's still, I thought it looked really cool. So yeah, so yeah, they were on the top rope. Uh, Sai eats the violent shooting, takes the bump on the apron, rolls the rolls the outside. I'm like, okay, that that was a really cool fall. But then they're trying to figure out, like, me and Yunaki are running over to the timekeeper, like, almost yelling at Ratsy Ogawa. And I was like, well, who's the captain of <laughs> Queen's Quest? Now, obviously, you know, we'll talk about it uh, later this week or next week when we review the show that just happened on Sunday, because now we, we have an official captain. But it's like, yeah, they never officially announced who the captain was, at least for that match. So I think, like, Yunagi and Mina were running over, and I'm like, yeah, I, I'm confused. And I don't think I had anything to do with the language barrier. I think if, like, it was in English, I still think I would have been confused. But what I can't understand is, even so, irrelevant of whether Saya was captain, Lady C had already been eliminated because Mina had eliminated her with the implant DDT. So That's right. <laughs> so even if Saya wasn't the captain... It doesn't matter because there was only Utami left. So by the rules, it's irrelevant. Cosmic Angels had already won. Um, but yeah, complete confusion. It did sort of take away from the victory. But like you said, <laughs> Mira Yunaki sprinting over to the timekeeper and just lambasting the poor bloke um, really, was, really was entertaining. <laughs> Folks, so that, that's why Rob is the smartest person on this podcast. But I have the bar really low. It doesn't take much to be smarter than me. But damn, I have fun on here. Damn, I have fun. Um, match five, then, the main event, um, the high-speed championship match. Uh, V3 for Azumi, the 22nd champion. An interesting fact going into this, Matt. Um, this is Kogama's fourth unsuccessful attempt at the high-speed belt since late November 2021. She has had, including this, four shots at that belt since November. Do you think, obviously, we talked a little bit about the um, the lack of depth in the high in the high-speed division. How happy were you to see some fresh blood challenge for this belt? Yeah, this was, uh, this was really solid. But yeah, I mean, they have to have some more high-speed wrestlers in there, considering the fact that how stack the roster is i think that's what you're gonna see we talked about it before i think you're gonna see like momo kogo you might see hannah um obviously what happens after the match we have a you know complete fresh matchup coming up on the next pay-per-view but i didn't know that kagama had that many unsuccessful title defenses i guess she's trying to do her best starlight kid impersonation (laughs) see you could say that apart from the fact that at least kagama has actually held the belt at some point well, eventually, Starlight like Kid got it. Was what the seventh time was a charm? <laughs> seventh time, yeah, one for seven. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you only need one. Yeah, all you need is that one. Uh, but Cogba and her ice cream entrance music. I think she gave a fantastic. <laughs> I think she gave a fantastic account of herself here. Um, the way that Azumi did on Cogba's arm was fantastic, and I do like the way that they integrated that in with all the fantastic. I mean, the closing stretch was phenomenal. Those close roll-up pinfalls, um, Kagama coming off the um, the turnbuckle post. You've got Azumi doing 
all the things that she does so fantastically well, firing around the ring like a pinball. Azumi is another one in that worker of the year category. I mean, for me, it goes Suri, Saya Kamatani, and Azumi. Um, and there's nothing between Saya and Azumi. Um, but overall, another really, really, really fun match. And Azumi hasn't missed yet with the high speed belt. I mean, a match with Mesa Rugger was fantastic. This match, Kogama is fantastic in ring. As Azumi said after the match, you are a genius. Um, she did also say that you can challenge again um, once you've proved yourself again. Hopefully that's in uh, a couple of months' time as opposed to in the imminent future. Um, but having Tekla challenge Azumi, like Tekla's shown little flashes of how good she is, like in that sort of style, like short bursts, really explosive pace. So I can't wait to see this match for Flashing Champions. And we touched on it when we announced the full card. Don't be surprised if Azumi versus Tekla steals the show. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Tekla's coming off what me and you and many people consider her best match with Mayu. So her, even even in a loss, like I always say on this podcast that it's not who goes over, who gets over. So even in a loss, she got over really well there. So her, her stock's higher than it already was. And it's not like her stock was low to begin with. So now she's going to be in this match with Azumi, who's, you know, almost stealing the show. I mean, it's almost, you know, like you said before, Sherry, Saya, and Azumi on these big pay-per-view shows. It's like, who's going to try to outdo each other? So... Yeah, that's a match that absolutely can steal the show. And obviously, Tekla, I'm sure Tekla's going to be up for it. And I've had a lot of people that on Twitter, they were messaging me and, and making comments. They think Tekla's going to win the title. And obviously, again, we'll preview that when the time comes. But right now, as we're recording this, I don't see them taking that belt off Azumi anytime soon. As just because, like I mentioned before, with that belt on Azumi, you're raising, you're raising the prestige with that belt. And I think she can main event uh, some of these bigger shows like, like she did here. So uh, obviously it's it's going to be interesting. Stranger things have happened. Yeah, it's a first singles title main event, um, which is crazy, really, when you consider it. But you know, as I've already said, you know she hasn't missed yet. That match against Starlight Kid, at Cinderella Journey, um, the match against Mesa Rugger, and then this match as well. I gave this a flat four stars. Thought this was great, Matt. Yeah, I had it four and a quarter stars, which is kind of funny. All these uh, high speed title matches of Azumi. That's probably my my lowest ranked one. Four and a quarter stars. Get your stuff together, Azumi. <laughs> that just shows you how good she is. Yeah, I have her. I have her in my top uh, four workers of the year, and that's both on the female and male side. Yeah, she's having a fantastic year so far. I'd love to see. I, I'm not going to kid myself into thinking that she's winning or getting through to a final of the five star. Um, I do think Starlight Kid will, but that's beside the point. Um, but I'd love to see her have a decent run. Um, I think she's reached eight points the last two five stars. So to see her maybe, with, especially with more competitors in there, maybe get her reaching 11 points, 12 points, you know, not necessarily challenging for block leadership, but asserting herself, getting some getting some important wins over people. Like she, I mean, she beat Takumi Aroha, um, she beat Suri again. Uh, she's beaten Suri two five stars in a row. So it will be great to see her get more get more pinfalls over those sorts of people and to get high profile singles matches again, you know, maybe she pins Saya Kamatani, you know, if Saya Kamatani comes out of flashing champions as the white belt champion um, and maybe has a white belt match against Saya Kamatani, no one in their right mind could possibly tell me that they wouldn't love to see that. Yeah. And, and folks, you just heard Rob say, there's no way Azumi is going to win the five side grand prix tournament. So 
put your bets, you know, put your chips where they may on that one. <laughs> I swear to <laughs> I God. Go all in. I, I might as well go all in on Azumi. Like, not only does she win the tournament, <laughs> she doesn't lose at all. She runs the tournament. <laughs> it's like, I'm, I'm just flipping tables over. That might be the new red belt here. <laughs> if you'll rob flipping tables over and Azumi runs the five-star. Just <laughs> <laughs> pitches a shot out. Uh... <laughs> Uh, let's move on then uh, to the New Blood show. New Blood 2 from Tokyo, New Pier Hall on uh, Friday 13th, uh, Friday 13th of May 2022 in front of 338 people. As I said before, um, it's still up on Stardom's YouTube channel. So go and check out the entire show is up there for free. Um, we opened match one, singles match. Uh, Yuna Mizumori from Gato Move defeated Lady C with the Supergirl in seven minutes and 27 seconds. And Matt, this is seven minutes and 27 seconds of perhaps the craziest minutes I've seen in stardom. Well, we might have to disagree on this one because uh, I, I'm just... I just... To say in a, in a better t- uh, term, Yuna, just, she's not my cup of tea. Uh, I thought this match was kind of discombobulated. I didn't think they had too much chemistry. And I thought for Lady C, this kind of being like almost like a stardom show, and Lady C, again, getting booked on that Kenta Kabashi show, I thought the problem was just one. And the finish, even though the finish was solid and it made sense for what they were going for, I thought it, t- it took me out of it. So I really didn't care for this one at all, to be honest with you. Wow. Um, I'd love to hear more from Gato Move fans um, as to whether Yuna is, I mean, pardon my language, is, is she always this batshit insane? Um, she comes out, she's singing her head off. Like, she is incredibly charismatic and she's incredibly, she has the audience in the palm of her hand without that shadow of a doubt. I thought Lady C was a good, was a good, what's the word I'm looking for? A good foil, let's say, to, um, to Yuna Mizumori, but I am with you, Matt. I I wasn't overly a fan of this match, but you know I'm not massively into comedy wrestling. Um, the only real complaint I had um, was that Lady C didn't get the win, um, yes. and not necessarily because of the Kenta Kabashi show, but more because ahead of the general election match at Corican on the fifteenth, which you know. Everybody knows she isn't winning. Um, obviously, as we're recording, uh, we haven't watched that show yet. We're going to be doing that later on and uh, releasing it on our usual time slot of Sunday. Um, but just giving her a win gives her just a little bit of momentum heading into that. Um, but overall, it it was it was fine. Um, it didn't, and again, I don't mean to cause any offence, but it doesn't make me want to. Uh, want to seek out any Yuna Mizumori matches, unfortunately. Um but again, she might be she might be other people's cups of tea. It might be it might be an acquired taste. I don't know. Wasn't for me basically. Yeah. Well let's put a positive spin on it and then we'll the next one. Yuna, you said it, you know, a minute ago. She had the crowd in the palm of her hands. And at the end of the day, whether you're wrestling Lucha, whether you're wrestling European style, American style, deathmatch style, at the end of the day you want that crowd to be happy. And she, yeah, she had the crowd uh pretty well uh going you know towards the uh the main parts of the match so um yeah i mean if it works for her god bless her but yeah just really not my cup of tea um from a match that wasn't necessarily my cup of tea to a match that very much was uh match two was a tag team match hina and hanan uh and the just up out team of aoi and tomoka and ended in a time limit draw in 15 
minutes. I love this match, Matt. Absolutely. And there's one thing I want to point out. It's like two months ago or so on this podcast, you were telling me how much you like Hannah's uh, entrance theme. And obviously, <laughs> if you listen to this, if you listen to uh, this podcast or just what I talked about an hour ago, the fact that I was I saw four phenomenal metal bands back to back to back. <laughs> that is obviously my cup of tea. So I remember Rob saying that and I'm thinking in my head, well, I wasn't an idiot. Like, really? It's, you know, like, you know, hey, Jay, I'm like, like, really? Now, every time she comes out, I still look forward to that theme. <laughs> <laughs> damn, damn you, Rob Goodwin. But uh, yeah, this this was absolutely fantastic. I mean, this is a match that I think Rossi Ogawa has to look at. And I know that one member's in Stars and one member's in Queen's Quest. And obviously, that the, you know, the two of them are sisters. But you might have to think somewhere down the road, somewhere soon, you might have to put these two as a normal tag team. You know, we talked about the possibly dream teams of uh, the teams in the Goddess of Stardom tournament. I would love to see Heenan and Hannah in, in that tournament. Obviously, they're not going to rack up a lot of wins, but they'll be getting, you know, as we talk about all the time, reps against some of the best tag teams in the world. But I thought the two of them looked looked great. And, you know, we saw this uh, Just Tap Out team before at New Blood 1, and I thought they were, everything was solid. I thought all four competitors came out looking better as they came going in. I thought the tag team work between the two teams was really good. The psychology made sense. And if this was like an MMA fight, where it went to the you know the five rounds or the time limit draw like this did, who do you give the win to? Like sometimes it's like oh well that one had sixty percent of the match or seventy percent of the match. To me this was fifty fifty. It was split right down, right down. So if I was a judge and supposed to give a winner for this, I would call this one a draw on the cards as well. But I thought this was an absolute perfect match from four fantastic competitors. Yeah, I I spoke before. Um, when we were having a look at the preview of New Blood 2, that the person I was most looking forward to seeing again was Aoi. And she didn't disappoint. Not only did she not disappoint in ring, but she has this charisma, whether it's the dance, whether it's this new mask she's got, whether it's how she is in ring, because she is quite... You think she's going to be quite ungainly because she is quite tall, but then she wrestles. And I still cannot get my head around the fact that she hasn't been wrestling a year yet. Like, there's just natural talent there and natural charisma. Um, and Inaba, I forgot how good Inaba was. And it's to the point where it actually makes me want to check them out in Just Tap Out. And I know Just Tap Out is, you know, not exactly the biggest Joshi company. But and that's surely the whole point of New Blood is to get people, you know, invested in these younger talents i'd go out of my way to check out more aoi stuff and more tomoka and arba because i thought both of them were fantastic and obviously this ended in a time limit draw because we are going to get aoi and inaba challenging hannon both women after the bell um expressed an interest in hannon's uh future of stardom belt so i mean that telegraphs the result for hannon versus ruaka if it didn't already but having hannon versus aoi for the um for the future belt, maybe as the main event of New Blood 3, or even Hannon versus Inaba, that would be fantastic as well, um, as the main event would be would be tremendous. Overall, I gave this three and three quarter stars. I absolutely loved the chemistry between these two teams. Obviously, I'm a big fan of Hannon anyway. Um, Hina, as I said before, improving every single time she enters the ring. Now that she has that sort of charisma, even if she struggles to stand on a rope in the same way as Hannon, genuinely found that quite funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm just, I'm full of praise for Aoi and Tomoka and Arba. Um, yeah, really, really good. Matt, what did you give it? 
Yeah, three and three fourth stars, and uh, yeah, I, I forgot that they the, the just tap out team both challenge Hannah for her future belt. So you know what that means? We get to hear Hannah's theme music two more times on these defenses. So maybe we need to stop a, a petition to get like Trivium to do a heavy metal version. Like <laughs> I I think that would be fantastic. Are, are like, isn't Tekla like in a death metal band? Isn't <laughs> yeah. that like her thing? There it is. Just ask Tekla. Just be like, hey, Tekla, can you, can you just, she, she, Tekla's band should do all the themes. Just imagine, like, I know you said, you said, uh, before you don't like Tam's theme and how dare you. Can you imagine that in a, in a death metal thing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be incredible. I'd love to hear that. Oh, um, Match three, tag team match. The God's Eye team of Mirai and Amisuri defeating Wakasuki Arm and the freelancer Momoka Hanazano uh, with Mirai tapping out Wakasuki Arm with the Mirror Mare in 13 minutes. Uh, Matt, obviously you weren't overly enamored with the comedy stylings of Unimizamori in match one. What did you think about this match? Because this still had some comedy leanings to it. Yeah, a little bit, but when you have two killers in uh, Mariah and Amy, sorry, that's not <laughs> that's not going to fly with their gimmick. But <laughs> my first note is, Robert, did you ever watch ECW? Yes, I did. Okay, so you know the uh, the wrestler by the name of New Jack, correct? <laughs> I think people who haven't watched ECW <laughs> might be familiar with New Jack. <laughs> so what what happened with New Jack is if you've seen his matches, they would play his theme music throughout the entire match. It was Natural Born Killers by, I believe it was Dr. Dre uh, and Ice Cube. And as this match was getting started, obviously we've seen, you know, poor Waka. <laughs> I've never seen her tag partner before. Obviously we know Mariah and Amy, so they, they bring it. I was thinking that this match they should play uh, Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter by Iron Maiden just on repeat. Because <laughs> I thought this was going to be an absolute mop job, and it wasn't. It wasn't. It was It was a very competitive match. I, I, I really, really liked it. Obviously, they gave a walk a lot of stuff. Um, obviously, we, we've seen her before, but her tag partner, Hanazono, am I saying that right? Um, I believe so, yeah. Again, we might be butchering these names. It's usually me that butchers them. So, uh, yeah, we, we apologize if we are. I got Waka's name right, so there we go. That's, <laughs> that's an, I, yeah, I got two points today. All right, way to go. But, no, I thought this was really, really good. Yeah, they they did the comedy spots where, you know, they mattered. They didn't overdo it with a comedy. I have no problem in comedy and wrestling. But when the whole entire match is, like, based around that, kind of takes me out a little bit. So if you, like, sprinkle some stuff in, like, Cole Cabana, like, the perfect comedy wrestler. Like he sprinkles his comedy wrestling in with his technical wrestling and his like the European stuff that he does. So like he's out to me, he's like the barometer of like, don't, you're not doing too much to take, to take the fans out of it. And again, in, in my opinion, some, there's some people that they want comedy throughout the whole match and Hey, that that's just fine. But uh, I thought the comedy was well-placed here, you know, and it meant well. And we all knew what the finish was. This was going to be poor Waka, even on the just tap out shows, still eating the pinfalls <laughs> or the, our, on this part, the, you know, the double wrist lock, still eating the submissions. Still, but God, but God, God bless Roscoe Gower. He's sticking to his guns, man. He's sticking to his guns. Like, no, she's in a match. I don't care where it is. She's, she's taking the fall. Imagine if Waka Tsukiyama makes it into the five star. I mean, she won't because she'll lose every match. But imagine, imagine the pop. If she get if she gets the win over May Sakurai that stops May Sakurai going to the five star. That, oh, I didn't even think about that. That's good booking, sir. Look at that. 
I, I come up with good ideas occasionally, Matt. Just occasionally. Um, <laughs> match four, tag team match. The Colors team of Yuko Sakurai and Rina Amakura defeated the Stars team, Sayurida and Momokogo, with the diving... Pardon me, sorry. The diving senton in 11 minutes and three seconds. Matt, what was your opinion? The first time you've seen Colors in ring. I was thoroughly impressed. I thought this was solid as well. Obviously, we're big fans of Saeed and Momo Kogo. She's come so far, so fast, and I think we both have her pegged as a big, big star. You know, the next few years for stardom. But I was, I was generally really impressed with with the stars, with the colors team. Again, the finish kind of caught me off guard. That like, you know, <laughs> a lot of a lot of these matches ending with the stardom people taking the falls, and I didn't think they'd be booked that way. But I guess. It's a good way to shine up talent that we've never seen before. But I thought the way that Reed and Yuko worked together, I thought that was really good. Their single stuff looked, looked really good. Their selling was really good. Their feeding. Obviously, you're in the ring with Saeeda. You know that you're going to eat some chops. So you may as well just feed. You may as well just feed for the chops and, and, and get it over with before she just she destroys you. So their feeding for Saeeda stuff was uh, was really, really good. And obviously, that's, that's important because that you're trying to get your opponent over and make your opponent look good and that side eat is you know bread and butter so that their stuff there was really good but i was thoroughly impressed with the colors team yeah i must admit i was slightly more impressed with Rina ramakura who i believe was in the orange um she was very much in the side style more of a powerhouse um momokogo you do forget with how well she's been doing that she is still a rookie she is still quite green and she had a couple of moments to forget in this match. Um, she slipped off the rope trying to do the springboard dropkick. Uh, but she managed to recover. Um, and Colors ultimately came out with the victory. And this was ultimately to set up the next chapter of there and um, Cosmic Angels' feud. Because after the match, uh, Tam comes out and uh, comes up with the suggestion of a match on the 5th of June at Corican with whichever team loses... Um, being required to join the other unit. So I believe whoever gets pinned has to join the other unit as like a rookie or a trainee. Um, so that could be very, very interesting. Um, unless, of course, Stardom go the safe route and just make it a time limit draw, Matt. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think they do a time limit draw. But I think the YouTube videos of, you know, whoever loses has to join the other unit. I think they could do some like YouTube videos where they're like they're cleaning their clothes, like young boy stuff. Uh, where they're clean, like they have to wash their clothes, they're cleaning their mats, they're doing a thousand squats, they're doing uh, you know the push-ups going up the stairs. I think that would be some some entertaining content on the YouTube channel. But yeah, I think you might be right. They're just be like, yeah, we'll put that stipulation in there and we'll throw the old TLD up there. I I would love to see if if we are going for you know an actual finish. I'd love to see you naggy be a trainee for colors just because you know she's spouting off all she's basically slagging off every other company she's getting into fights with everyone from every other company and you know she whenever someone new is introduced to the stardom roster she's the one that comes forth as the uh as the assessor and i just think it would make really really good comedy um for her to be the one that ends up as the uh as the trainee uh for colors i think that could be really funny um velkage by the way if you're listening um i have seen that you'd like a to watch the yeah, Unagi and Great Okan uh, video. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but I will watch it and we'll, uh, I'll talk about it when we do the Corrigan show. Um, match five then, and perhaps the main event, what should have been the main event of this show. Um, 
singles match, Suzu Suzuki of prominence, defeating Mei Sakurai with the German suplex in 12 minutes and 56 seconds. Now, many people, myself included, expected Mei Sakurai to be taken out of this match. Uh, well, what was left of her in a matchbox. Um, but she gave a very, very, very good account of herself, Matt. Yeah, we talked about it just a few minutes ago, about how they're doing a good job building Mei Sakurai up. Obviously, Susan Suzuki is going to be in... Well, she's still with the, doing the Julia feud, and she's going to be in the, the five-star, so you have to keep her looking strong. But yeah, we thought, again, you know, we thought this would be another mop job here, but I thought even the psychology made sense. You know, no one gave Mei Sakurai a shot here. As soon as the bell rang, she came out right on fire. Like, she wasn't looking for the counter-strike or looking for looking for uh, Suzu to make a mistake or anything. She went, you know, went to go punch first, you know, take that, that advantage first. I thought it was really good. And um, the way May Sakurai was like getting into some of her submissions was really good. She had a really good STF lockdown Suzu Suzuki and Suzu sold it really, really well. But, like that STF was very like Yuji Nagata style, like where there wasn't any holes in it. It was in the right ring positioning and the way that they teased it, the crowd was kind of biting like that could have been the finish. But uh, ultimately, yeah, it was just Suzu Suzuki just kind of running roughshod on, on poor May Sakurai towards the end. And the, I liked how she did the German suplex. It was almost like the two-stage German suplex, like similar to the way that like Mayu does the two-stage uh, dragon suplex. I thought that was really good, and that bridge was absolutely perfect, and she hit her like dead spot in the middle. I thought that was really good. And I'm going to say something that might get me a little heat with you here, brother. I thought May Sakurai's elbow, she actually did it off the top rope, not the second. I thought it actually looked pretty damn good here. I think it goes to show just how much I enjoyed this match where I actually thought the elbow dropped look half decent. There it is, folks. There it is. <laughs> I, I think it might just be a case of don't do it from the second row, mate. Don't do it from the second. Um, now, again, I'm going to shout out Karen Pearson because she's fantastic. Um, I was reading her review, actually, of the show, and um, she wasn't massively enamoured with the match because it seemed to be more about building Julie, the impending Julia and Suzu Suzuki singles match. Um, and obviously during the match, Suzu Suzuki got in Julia's face and things like that. And you could argue that a lot of May Sakurai, because May Sakurai got a lot more offense in than I think anyone actually thought she would, um, was due to Suzu Suzuki's lack of concentration on the match because she was more interested in beating, beating up uh, Julia or teasing Julia. Um, what about you? Did you feel that that impacted? And then obviously what happened with Suri and Risa Sarah, which we'll talk about in a minute post-match. Did you think that hurt the match at all? No, no, no. That's Julia's a big star. That's what you want to build to. Um, I see her point of view there, but I will respectfully disagree because I think Aaron is absolutely fantastic. And she's, you know, such a huge credit towards a stardom. I mean, how she promotes stardom and puts stardom over. It's absolutely fantastic. But, I, I see your point, but I don't necessarily agree with her. I think that that's that's the end game for uh, for Suzu Suzuki is that that match with Julia, and you have Julia in the building, you know, for obvious reasons. You have Suzu there, of course, she's going to come out. You know, if you have somebody, Rob, that you're you know that's bullying you, that's pushing you around, that you have a problem with, and you're kind of looking to get in their face, and you just happen to be at the same place at the same time with them, and they beat up one of your friends, you're going to come out, come to the same, you're going to get in their face. You know, that, that's just a respect thing. I mean, she's beating up May Sakurai. She's, that's, you know, not only her stardom friend, that's her DDM friend. And that's her DDM friend that she recruited from Cosmic Angels to come over. So it's like, yeah, you just slammed her in the mat with this gorgeous German suplex. I already have beef with you. We need to build towards something. I'm going to come out here and defend my friend. 
So I, I, I see your point point there, but that's, that's kind of would be my counterpoint on it. Um, obviously, post-match, uh, Julia and Suzu Suzuki get into each other's faces. Risa Sarah comes out. Risa Sarah challenging for Suri's red belt at Flashing Champions on May 28th. Suri then comes out, and Risa Sarah delivers this air raid crash from the apron onto the floor. The sound that Suri's back makes as she hits that ground. Oh, my God, Matt. Absolutely horrendous. Yeah, here's Siri, the worker of the year, the champion uh, of your company. You're not on the show, and you probably took that was probably the worst bump. Like that was the biggest bump of the show. I'm trying to think of anything else was even bigger. But again, you you, you basically all in one post match promo, you built the two matches and two main event style matches. So I thought that was good. Uh, could have been another bump that they could have taken. Sure. Whose idea was it? Probably Sherry's. <laughs> you know, that's probably her. Rossi Gal was probably like, yeah, just have her kick you and then, you know, maybe take the air grade crash onto the uh, apron. And she's like, nah, it's the main event of the next pay-per-view. Let's let's take it onto the floor. <laughs> yeah. on, a show, on a show you're not booked at, you know what I mean? God bless her. <laughs> it's airy for free on YouTube. Um, I gave it four stars. Really enjoyed it, Matt. Yeah, I was three and three-fourths. Just a little bit, a little bit underneath you there, brother. We then move on to match six, the main event of this show with the six-woman tag team match, the Cosmic Angels team of Yunagi Sayaka and Mina Surikawa and Diana's Haruka Yumasaki defeating the younger Weathertai team of Starlight Kid, Rina and Ruaka with Mina hitting the glamorous driver Mina in 14 minutes and 36 seconds for the win. Um... Obviously, after Yunagi and Mina went to a double countout um, against um, Haruka and her teammate, whose name, uh, her name of, escapes me, I apologize. But during the Diana tag team title match, they went to a double countout and Yunagi basically propositioned Haruka Yumasaki to be the mystery X um, on this show. As you can tell by the opening, Mina Shirakawa, not happy about it. But aside from Aoi, Haruka Yumasaki was the person I was most invested in seeing again because of the exchange that she had with Starlight Kid in that show. And then she took that and multiplied it by five here, Matt. Yeah, absolutely. And I thought there was a couple of funny bits where like Mina and Yunagi were going to do the double team moves. Like, Yunagi would hit something, and then Mina would come off the rope like she's going to hit a forearm. Like, one of their, you know, double-team moves that builds towards something. And Yumasaki just kept cutting cutting the double-team move off. Like, she would beat Yunagi to the punch, or she'd beat Mina to the punch. And Mina, the, the look on Mina's face was like, you asshole. Like, that's my stuff. Like, what are you doing? Like, yeah, you're in Cosmic Angels all of 90 seconds, and you're taking our stuff. I thought that was a really good dynamic. Uh, I thought Starlight Kid here, as always, just looked absolutely fantastic. And the one thing I was really most impressed with this match is I've always liked Mina Yunagi as a tag team. I always thought, yeah, they're a good, solid, middle-of-the-road tag team. You can put them in the ring with anybody, give them 8, 9, 10, 11 minutes, and they're going to have a good match. But I've noticed not only at this show, but like the previous shows, like when they're in the ring together as a team, whether it's you know, the Cosmic Angels, they're doing the six-person or eight-person stuff. But when it's the two of them, their stuff is really, really gelling. Like their, the psychology of their double-team moves makes sense. Um, where their ring positioning makes sense the double team moves like the, the cohesity between the two of them, I thought is really, really good. And I think this is a team that they can probably start pushing, you know, maybe and they may even have a run in the goddess of stardom uh, tournament later on this year. But I was real. I've been really, really impressed just how well the two of them 
have been working together as a tag team. And and here it really showed because they had more time. They weren't overshadowed, you know, by by Tam, you know, being in you know in, in the group. Um, you know, when Tam's like always calling the plays and whatnot, it was kind of just the two of them, you know, here. Once uh, Yumasaki kind of got out of the way, you know, ramping up towards the finish. But I thought all the Mina Yunagi stuff was really really solid, and I thought that was the the heartbeat and the best parts of the match. Yeah, this was a really really solid match. Um, I should have said this after. Um after the previous match, but uh, the next the next stop for Mina and Yunagi is uh, a rather ill-advised, I think, six-woman tag team match with Waka uh, taking on Suzu Suzuki and two of the members of prominence. Um, we we laugh that it could potentially be May Sakurai's funeral here. I think it will definitely be Waka's. Um, so potentially ill-advised, but there we are. Overall, I thought this was a really good closing match. Everyone had the chance to... Uh, to excel obviously they they're building towards a starlight kid and haruki yumasaki singles match which if they do i have no doubt it will be fantastic if you're looking at mvps on this show from the non-stardom side um i think hands down you're looking at haruki yumasaki i think she was fantastic and i think the just tap out team that we spent a lot of time waxing lyrical about earlier awi and tomoka inaba were absolutely tremendous as well matt what did you give this fine this final match i match i had a three and a half stars yeah i gave it three and three quarters i i liked it a little bit more i think um just before this match though um we had Mio Amasaki in a pre-taped package with Rossi Ogawa and you were adamant Matt you were not happy that Mio Amasaki was not on this card after maining event the f- main eventing the first one with Utami um and she got a rather prevalent spot despite not being on the card because it turns out that the pirate princess Kyrie herself is returning to stardom for a match on May 28th in a tag team match teaming with Tam Nakano against Utami Hayashista and Miyu Amasaki. Now, that is going to be a very, very, very tasty match. And also, it's a very big tip of the cap to Miyu. They clearly have, or they clearly hold Amasaki in very, very high regard, Matt. Yeah, first of all, let's rewind the tape just a couple of seconds. I was upset, but Rob's making it like I was like throwing tables and furniture. Like he's going to be when Azumi runs the table at the five star <laughs> Grand Prix. So to me, it just didn't make sense. But yeah, I think that uh, when that match was announced, uh, I'm thoroughly, thoroughly excited about it. And like, well, they announced like the card for five twenty eight, and you have all these bangers of matches. I think there was a lot of people. Some people were like, "Well, what's Tommy going to do? Like, what's Tam going to do? Like, well, you know, they're just going to put them like in a throwaway like gauntlet match." No, not at all, because this, this match is just as interesting as all the other ones. So I think that this is going to be really, really interesting. And I uh, there was this uh, picture side-by-side on Kari's Twitter where it was the, from the tag match from World Climax with Mayu and Kari versus uh, Tam and Yunagi, where the two of them were laying down in the ring, like, you know, looking at each other. And Kari took that picture, put the two pictures side-by-side, and, and tweeted to Tam, do we need a tag team name? I copied and pasted that picture, and then I sent it to you, and I said, second best-looking tag team uh, in all of wrestling. <laughs> and I know it got a big pop out of you, so then I put it on some of my social media, and one of my lifelong best friends instantly commented on it. He goes, 
you mean Team Blue and Gold? You and Andy Head are the best-looking tag team, right? I said, that's exactly what I was going for. <laughs> then I had another buddy of mine, about three minutes later, he put a gif up of, no, they're not the best-looking tag team. These guys are, and it was the Bushwhackers. So I thought that was, you know. <laughs> Luke and Butch. Was I was like, hey, you know, beauty's in the eye of the beholder on that one, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one thing they definitely cannot be called is uh, beautiful. Um, bless them. Um, so let's move on then to a couple of previews then so obviously we had an updated card for flash uh, flashing champions which we'll talk about in a minute obviously as we record this the corrigan hall show has already happened but neither me or matt has watched it we're going to be recording our review of that for the next episode but the card for that was as follows we had um, an eight woman elimination tag match the stars team of mayu Ibatani, kogama hazuki and momokogo versus the aware tie team of saki kashima Ruaka, Starlight Kid, and Momo Watanabe. Um, a three-way match between Hanan, Rina, and Fukikin Death. Singles match between Amisori and Ladies. Uh, sorry, and Saya Ida. That's going to be very, very good. Can't wait to see that. A tag match, which I know you were very excited about, Matt, and I am also very excited to see Suri and Mirai taking on Micah and Himika. Um, we had another eight-woman elimination match. Julian Natsupoi, Tekla, and May Sakurai of Donna Del Mondo taking on Tam Nakano, Mina Shirakawa, Yunagi Sayaka, and Wakasuki Army of Cosmic Angels. And then, of course, the main event of this show was the Queen's Quest General Election five-way battle to ascertain the Queen's Quest leader, the new leader of Queen's Quest, Azumi versus Utami versus Sayaka Matani versus Hina versus Lady C. Um, obviously, Matt, this card has already happened, and as I've already said, we're going to be reviewing that in our next episode. But aside from the main event, with you know quite a few people going this on one-match card, and sort of rightly so, really, it's only one match of real importance but what else are you looking forward to we see the tag match with uh rye and sherry versus mike and himika yeah the obviously the big thing coming out of it is who's going to be the leader of queen's quest and i did see, see the result on that and obviously i'm not going to talk about it now because i don't know if you've seen it obviously i don't want to spoil it for you and we're going to be reviewing that uh, on our next show the uh the three-way with death and the two sisters actually sounds pretty good um if that's what it was was arena heena and death it is Hannon, Rena, and Death. Hannah, Rena, and Death. I mean, obviously, you know, the, the Rob Goodwin chips where they may, where there's more than one opponent in a match and Death is in it. Death wins by roll-up. So uh, we shall see with that. And then, obviously, uh, Amy versus uh, Saeeda. That's going to be, you know, right over. You want to talk about hard-hitting in a tag match, you know? It's, it's going to be interesting to see when we review it, what's the hardest-hitting match. Uh, you know, is it the tag match or is it that match? So, yeah, that that should be interesting as well. And then you have Mayu Itani in a match where it's in a, like an elimination. So, you know, you you know she'll always tease some sort of weird way she's going over the top rope. Uh, again, she, maybe she goes to the moonsault and she trips and falls. Uh, who knows? But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't wait. I'm probably going to watch that probably tonight. I'm probably going to watch that uh, later when I, when I uh, get home tonight because that looks like it's just an absolute solid card. And they had it up pretty quick. I went to go watch the show from the 8th. And uh, when I when started World, the show that the, the majority of the card was up, and I think I texted you, and I was like, hey, we're not reviewing this tomorrow because I do not have the time. I'm leaving in two hours to go, you know, elbow some people in a mosh pit. I said, there's no way I'm going to be able to get, <laughs> to get this in. Yeah, so, yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah, kudos, kudos on them on getting that show up that fast. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, we also have um, 
two shows that preview or sort of uh, come before Stardom Flashing Champions. Uh, May, t- May 21st in Nagano and May 22nd in IMS in Kofu. So uh, we'll talk about those matches or those cards, sorry, um, in our next show. Because at the moment, they aren't confirmed cards. Um, and then, of course, we have the updated card for the next pay-per-view, May 28th, Stardom Flashing Champions O Towards City Gymnasium. And that card is as follows. The SWA title match, Mayu Iwatani versus Fuki and Death, uh, based on the fact that Fuki and Death is, in fact, an alien. Um High-speed title match, Azumi versus Tekla. Um, Artist of Stardom title match, My Hear Me Poi, the champions taking on the Oedetai team of Black Desire and Saki Kashima. Um, Future of Stardom championship match, Hanan versus Ruaka. Uh, that tag team match that was announced in New Blood, Kairi and Tam Nakano versus Utami Ayashista and Miyu Amasaki. Uh, Goddesses of Stardom title match, FWC, the champions taking on Julia and Mei Sakurai. Um, Sayakamatani versus Mirai for the Wonder of Stardom title match. And then, of course, for the Red Belt, the Champion Suri versus Risa Sarah. A stacked card, Matt, again. Yeah, absolutely. Stardom just belting these pay per views just, you know, right out of the park, one after another after another. I know there's some people that are complaining that there's too many of them and it's kind of being like cost efficient. And I understand that. But at the same time, you're getting your money's worth. You know, where you're paying your 35, 40 bucks or, you know, whatever it is, you can't watch the show and just be like, yeah, I didn't get my money's worth. You are constantly getting your money's worth on, on just the stardom uh, content, especially these pay-per-views. But, like, you look at the card with all the title matches, to me there's three title matches that can go either way. Saya versus Mirai, uh, the artist uh, championship match. Now that Momo and Starlight Kid don't have the goddess belt, kind of maybe frees them up a little where maybe they'll go on a little run with the artist bell. And uh, I didn't think that Azumi was going to be in any trouble with Tekla, but there's some people that are on the, uh, the old Twitter machine. That's kind of swaying me the other way. So there's three matches that I think that it's quite possible a title change. And then of course the, uh, the tag match you have with uh, the Queens quest team of Utami and Miyu versus Kari and uh, Tam Nakano um, as well. I think that'll be interesting. And I think, I mean, I think it's going to be, it's, it'll be a great match. I think we all know what the finish is going to be. We think uh, Miyu is going to be eating the insane elbow. And then that's where I think Kari probably gets on the microphone and says she's the uh, next entrant in the uh, the five-star. At least I'm hoping. It wouldn't surprise me at all. It would make sense. Um, let's have a couple of uh, quick-fire questions then. So at Rock Vale on Twitter asks, one of Sari's best friends in Nat- is Natspoy. Do you think WWE has any interest in her and reuniting their tag team in NXT? Do you think any other Joshis are catching their eye? I'm surprised that Julia and Tam aren't there already. I can see them being interested in May Surugga also. Um, uh, I'll go first. If you don't mind, Matt, I can't see, at least for the foreseeable, anyone going to NXT, especially after... I think if NXT was still in its prior form, um, there would potentially be a little bit of interest. But with NXT 2.0, the way that NXT at the moment is starting to function is that they want to take people from literally nothing and build them up in their own style. So the whole point of NXT 2.0 at the moment is seen as more of what it was initially, a develop a developmental thing i don't see them catching any joshi talent i'll be honest especially with vince and bruce pritchard in charge instead of triple h so to be honest 
I think stardom is safe, at least for the moment, from any WWE poaching. What about you, Matt? Yeah, I'm kind of, I'll just piggyback off your answer there, brother. But to answer the question, uh, Nat's a point, I, I don't see her going there. Is she talented enough? Sure, absolutely. Would I like to see her go selfishly? No, because I'd want her in stardom. But at the same time, where is she going to make more money? I mean, that WWE machine is just absolutely incredible. You know, between the merchandising, the action figures, you know, if you get in that video game, you're making money for years and years and years. So financial reasons, I would like to see her go or anybody go just, you know, to make the money. If anybody's going to go from stardom, it's to me, it's Julia. I get asked quite a bit, you know, if you're Vince McMahon or if you can get in the year, if any of the creative people, who would you sign that's not signed to like, you know, an AEW or New Japan or Impact or whoever, you know, and I even say, you know, male or female, I think Julia would be absolutely the number one fit. I think she'd be perfect there. She has the charisma. She has that it factor. You know, you, she she would go. I'm assuming she knows a little bit of English. I, I, I see her, you know, being able to cut a great promo. Uh, I think with Julia's charisma in stardom, I think when you get that WWE machine behind, I think she'd be an absolute slam dunk home run. But yeah, they're not interested in that now. They don't want what they're calling bad habits, bad independent habits, bad Japanese habits, bad, you know, New Japan habits, bad uh, stardom habits, because they want to build their wrestlers from the ground up. They want collegiate athletes, Olympic athletes. And who are we to say a multi-billion dollar company is doing something wrong? You know, no other wrestling company is drawing, you know, 70, 80,000 people multiple times a year at their shows. That's just what they want to do. And God bless them. You know, they are, you know, the E in WWE stands for entertainment. And that's what they're focusing on is the entertainment value. So, um, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. I don't see anybody going over. I wouldn't be shocked if Julie and Tam get tapped in the next year or two if they change directions a little bit. But, yeah, with Bruce and Vince just kind of having their hand on everything, they just want to build, you know, their, their collegiate athletes up. Finally, Mina on our Discord says, who do you think is the best Nakano? Utami, Azumi, Mike, Asaya, or Tam? I've got a feeling you're just going to say Tam anyway, Matt. Yeah, it's either Tam or the uh, or, or, or Matt Turner Nakano. But that would be... <laughs> <laughs> I, maybe I'll... I don't know. I've never, I never done these, that fancy pose. No, it's, it's, it's definitely Tam. But if you're asking me, like, outside of Tam, who it's going to be, I think the Utami stuff was absolutely hilarious. And not only that, but when she did it, like, Tam's face was like like she was going to rip your Tommy's head off. <laughs> the initial one was the funniest. I've, I've got to go with you, Tommy. Um, I was a fan of, and this is something we didn't mention in our review of the Captain's Fall match, I was a big fan of Micah doing it as well, um, just because Tam looked so confused as to what was going on. Um, but yeah, I've, I've got to go you, Tommy, I'm afraid. Um, and guys, that brings to an end our podcast episode just a couple of things i want to remind you of um for our patrons uh may 24th uh, may 25th sorry in fact on may 24th may 25th 6 p.m british standard time for our white belt and red belt patrons our show review of stardom x stardom 2019 will be up utami versus b Priestley for the red belt and orisa hoshiki versus jungle kiona for the white belt that will be up on wednesday the 25th our poll is still open for our june 
episode. So if you haven't already, please go to patreon.com forward slash the stardom cast. Any tier can vote on what our next episodes are going to be. You can vote on the stardom ninth anniversary show review, a fancy booking warfare between myself and Matt booking our ideal stardom pay-per-view card top to bottom. Uh, Amaya Wiwatani red belt retrospective for her second run with the belt. Uh, Stardom X Stardom 2018 show review or the match between Orisa Hoshiki and Hazuki from Stardom World Big Summer in Tokyo for the white belt. That will also be another fantastic match. In terms of the free feed, um, we'll be back on the 22nd, back to our usual Sunday slot at 11pm British Standard Time for our review of the Corrigan Hall show, the preview of of flashing champions where me and Matt will come up with outlandish predictions, which will never in a million years happen. Um, that will, of course, be up early on the 20th of May for our patrons. Um, but in the meantime, guys, thank you so, so much for everything. I just want to shout out our fantastic patrons before we go. Thank you so much for supporting us, guys. We really can't thank you enough. Joseph Usher, Rob Jones, Niagara Driver, John Owen, Valkage Bracker, Tom, Ed BC, Brandon Neal, Steve Clark, Emerson Stone, Alex Tremaine, Mike, Jeff Baker, Steve Kaklamanos, Colin Matthew, Eric Sandoval, Ben Grimshaw, Devontae Walker, Glenn Lake 8, Darren, Chris, Plug Pedro, Andrew, um, Andy Nudson, Lewis, Douglas, uh, Douglas Cole, Peter Haas, the Hammerhawk, Steve the Teacher, Trey, and Andy Dufresne. Thank you to each and every one of you for supporting the Stardom cast. We really do appreciate it massively. Um, but in the meantime, you can subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We are literally everywhere. If you want to check us out on social media, just search for the Stardom cast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. We are everywhere. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at Real Rob Goodwin. Matt, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram and or the Twitter. Just search Matt Turner OF. And my birthday is coming up this week, so I would like nothing more for everybody to go vote for us to review the Mayo Iwatani second, uh, her second Red Belt title reign. Uh, that would be a fantastic birthday present. And I appreciate everybody that's uh, listened to us and dropped us a uh, comment. Um, and I just want to plug one more thing. The fantastic Brandon Neal has done uh, some fantastic edits for us. So we're able to put the video podcasts for our Red Belt patrons. He's just finished the Kyrie Hojo White Belt retrospective. That is up now on Patreon. He's just doing the Hazuki versus Kigetsu match review. So that is an extra perk for our $5 patrons. Uh, thank you so much for listening, guys. We really, really, really do appreciate it. And we'll be back on the 22nd of May to look ahead to the Stardom Flashing Champion showing out towards City Gym. But in the meantime, thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you guys again soon.
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.